Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the first episode of Cryptid Cryptid, read all about it. This is your podcast host, the Cryptid Journalist. You can call me CJ for short. Again, this is the very first episode in a new podcast series where we're going to focus on looking back at cryptid reports in U.S. newspapers in America, roughly from the years of 1800 to 1980. Now, this is a fascinating way to take a look at history because we're going to be looking at eyewitness accounts or reported eyewitness accounts. Now, we all know when there's 10 witness accounts to something, there's 10 different stories. However, that grain of truth, that kernel of truth, is often the only thing we have to go by. Now, I'm not going to be taking a look at the big picture when it comes to cryptids. For example, I'm not going to do four or five episodes on the history of Bigfoot in America. However, what I am going to do is I'm going to peruse through the newspaper archives, again, back to about 1800 to 1980, and take a look for those interesting but rare eyewitness accounts and the newspaper articles that accompany them. I'll take a look at small towns, big towns across America, and there's some really fascinating things going on there. I was surprised at how many stories I was able to find when I first started investigating this situation. But again, as we go through this, I'm hoping I'll get some reader or listener interaction, and you guys will give me some great suggestions or some feedback, and we can do some feedback shows eventually. But again, this is the very first episode of Cryptic Cryptid Read All About It. If you like history and you like cryptids, it's going to be right up your alley. And again, first episode, we're going to be taking a look at Flying Serpents of the Midwest, roughly the 1870s. So sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll find this pretty interesting and something to look forward to in podcasts to come. So the first episode of Cryptid Cryptid Read All About It is going to focus on flying snakes, flying serpents reported in the mid-1870s across the Midwest and Lower Midwest. Now I'm going to try to start each episode of Cryptid Cryptid Read All About It reading directly from the newspaper article. Again, I listen to a lot of podcasts, as a a lot of other people on this listenership probably do. And, you know, sometimes they kind of dance around the issue for the first five or ten minutes. I want to be able to dive right into it. So, again, we're looking at eyewitness accounts across American history of cryptids. Again, today's focus is going to be on flying snakes, flying serpents. They have some biblical background. So that's the interesting thing to begin with that we'll, we'll come back and revisit. But I'm going to be talking about the Daily Commonwealth. This is a Topeka, Kansas newspaper. Uh, 6 July 1873. I don't want to read the, the newspaper article verbatim. That kind of drives me crazy when people do that to me. But I'll give you an overview. So again, from the Daily Commonwealth, Topeka, Kansas, 6 July 1873, there is a specific description of a strange and remarkable phenomenon. It was observed right at sunrise. So basically what they said, the sky was perfectly clear, not a cloud in the sky, and the sun started coming up. Now, several of you, at least in your youth, probably have seen the sun come up, and you know there's a time when you can only see about half of it on the horizon. Well, for whatever reason, some people were looking at the sun. This was a heavily farmed area, a lot of people up at daylight, and several people actually described the form of a huge serpent, apparently perfect in form, which I guess would mean very specific and detailed, that was plainly seen encircling the sun, flying around the sun. 
they actually have this statement from two reliable witnesses who put down into an affidavit about the phenomenon. Now, the interesting thing is, other newspapers picked this up across America. And again, remember, wasn't the ability to take pictures at that time in any great detail that fast, and all you had was a telegram for communication. So this story actually met with a lot of skepticism, if not insulting, responses across America. Now, the Topeka, Kansas newspaper, the Daily Commonwealth, was a well-established newspaper, and it was a well-established city. However, the response came from places like New York. New York Times said, you know, we think that maybe these people have been hit in the bottle in so many words, and, you know, we probably do need some prohibition. Echoed by another West Virginia newspaper saying, hey, you know, in our neck of the woods, these snakes don't really get above the boots. So one might take a hard look at what these folks are drinking. Now, again, even reading these articles, it's kind of fun to think, well, Maybe the Topeka folks were kind of having some fun at our expense. I don't know. But if you look at that same summer, we can see another newspaper article that takes us down to Bonham, Texas. Now, Bonham, Texas is a community northeast of Dallas. You don't read a whole much about Bonham, Texas these days. But the same exact thing happened in Bonham, Texas. happened in Kansas. Something about a serpent or a snake flying around the sun. I think it's interesting that you don't see a whole lot in Oklahoma, although Oklahoma was sparsely populated at the time, and you didn't have a whole lot of huge communities, and it wasn't in a state. So I don't know what kind of episode uh, that would make when it comes to eyewitness accounts. But according to the newspapers, you see quite a bit in Kansas, in Fort Scott, which is located in southeast Kansas, several witnesses, and two people that were willing to put an affidavit up. In Bonham, Texas, they saw an enormous serpent floating in a cloud and was passing over the farm. Several parties and boys at work in the fields observed the same thing and were seriously frightened. Again, this would be fascinating, would be amazing, would be interesting depending on who you were. This was, of course, the Bible Belt stretching from Kansas down to Texas. People were very religious at time in the Christian faith. And snakes have a very significant value in Christianity and are found several areas throughout the Bible. Again, we'll visit later. So when people saw these type of things, or claim they saw these type of things, to them it was very much a message that maybe something was going to happen. Something bad, something good, but a sign. And as we know, going back to Genesis, snakes have never been known for doing a whole lot of good things biblically. These days, we know a lot of them do good with insects and so forth. But flying snakes, really? I found that pretty fascinating in the annuals of history. Again, repeated through the newspapers, Daily Commonwealth of Topeka, as well as the New York Times. So there's that. Now, I think this makes a fascinating transition. We go a couple years into the future, into the Columbia Republican, Columbia, Nebraska, and we find a story out of Leavenworth, Kansas. Again, this is 12 August, 1875, two years later. And the one in Leavenworth, Kansas kind of makes you stop for a second. The ones in 1873, they talked about a snake, a giant serpent encircling the sun. And down in Texas, several men, boys, saw it flying across their farm. But in this episode, 
again from the Columbia Republican, 12 August 1875, it focuses on some Leavenworth boys that decided they'd go hunting. And I'm talking about Leavenworth, Kansas, northeast Kansas, up by the prison and up by uh, the base, Fort Leavenworth. And they were local boys. They decided to go hunting and uh, were out in the field just kind of walking around, doing whatever they were, probably talking as boys do. And again, looking for something, you know, to shoot, to eat. And they found the flying snake. This snake just started flying in front of them. They spotted the snake. They said it was wings about the size of a man's head. It flew around them several times, approximately four feet off the ground. So again, if these were boys, four feet off the ground is going to be about chest high. You would think these kids would probably be scared. But one of them, again, they both had guns, I would assume, boldly smacked it with his hat. He took off his hat, smacked it on the ground, and then put the snake into a jar, filled it with alcohol. Now, for whatever reason, this snake in a jar of alcohol has not survived the times. But how fascinating is that story? I mean, we can print stories up just kind of for uh, sell newspapers and say, yeah, we saw this huge snake circling the sun. And let's face it, there's some pretty fascinating cloud formations. So if you go back to the 1873 newspaper articles, I guess you can take a look at this and say, well, you know, the clouds are moving. You know, there's a lot of cyclonic action going on across America at that time. And maybe they were seeing things. But you jump forward to 1875, and all of a sudden you have two boys that are hunting. One of them smacks down the flying snake, about the size of a man's head, the wings, and puts it into a jar full of alcohol again. We, we don't have any evidence this happened. We don't have that snake that's been passed down through history. That's a pretty bold thing to put into a newspaper if it wasn't true. Especially when this could have been looked up by several people in the area that could go talk to the boys. It also mentions uh, an adult female who had witnessed that same flying snake the day before in the Leavenworth area. Now, if you're familiar with the Leavenworth area today, Kansas is known for a lot of farmland, but there is a lot of grove of forest surrounding Leavenworth, Kansas, as you get down to the Missouri River, as well as on the Missouri side, which is only about 10 miles from Leavenworth. There's a lot of forest, and I mentioned these boys were walking through the forest when they did this. So it wasn't completely out in the open, but again, it's a fascinating story. We see some other stories about flying snakes, March 1882, two lumberjacks in California, saw a massive flying snake in the air or what they thought maybe they called a crocodile we see some things in west virginia but mostly these kansas stories as well as the, the pretense in texas kind of disappeared you don't see a whole lot of them through the states afterwards and so what's what's the answer is it true now i will say in 1873 was a very unique experience in america from what i can find out about american climate in January, there was a tremendous blizzard that came across the Midwest. You know, what was described at that time as a blizzard of all blizzards. A lot of livestock died and even people. I mean, you had a lot of Native Americans and indigenous people across that were still living, you know, in their open air, nomadic type establishment or different types of dwellings that may not have secured the weather quite as well. You had a lot of pioneers that were living in sod houses or very rudimentary type of dwellings. And a lot of people lost their lives. But again, 
It was something that was very much on the minds of middle America, just survival. And these were established communities, but you also had in 1873, beginning in the summer, the locust plagues. So you had two to three years of hardcore locust plagues across America that reportedly devoured thousands of acres. You can see some of this in historical fiction, like when Laura Ingalls Wilder described it in 1875. And the summer was reportedly hotter than normal. So again, you already have several strange phenomena that at least were reported. You had heavy blizzards at you know early to late winter in January. You had the locust plagues and you had a very hot summer. These have any effects? You know, I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to look at. But flying serpents were very much symbolic to the Bible. And we can take a look at some of the biblical history of what was going on, maybe transcend that and try to explain some things. So I've mentioned a couple of times that we would circle back and take a look at snakes in the biblical aspect. And again, we see this several times in the Bible, but we also see it in Judaism. We also see it in the Islamic faith and their written word. And for the most part, snakes represent evil or bad things. And a lot of times they're future predictors or they're causing issues right to the point that we read about them. For example, the biggest one everyone's familiar with is when the serpent or the snake tempts Eve into the fruit of knowledge. And most people know that story. It's reciprocated in the Torah. And there's some issues with Adam and Eve also in the Islamic faith. So we're looking at kind of the same precursor to bad news in all three faiths. And again, taking a look back at 1873, I don't know if you can make that connection or not, because I did find several disasters. Again, bad blizzard, which happened before the snake sightings in July. It happened in January. But you also had a huge financial crisis, something akin to the Great Depression that happened in 1873. You had locust plagues. Are these all things of coincidence? I really can't say, and I think it may be going off on a, a far limb to try to connect these small sightings in Kansas and Texas that happened in July of 1873 and 1875 through these instances. But it is an interesting connection. Now, I will say, back uh, in 1860, 1880, 1900, there's a lot of disasters across America. So I don't want to put too much into that. But again, a lot of bad things happened. A huge fire in Portland, Oregon in 1873 took away most of the downtown. But again, these snake signs were happening in Kansas. They were happening in Texas. And the most interesting thing that just intrigues me is this snake sighting by the boys that were hunting. They knocked down the snake and put it in a jar of alcohol. That would be really interesting to take a look at today. Uh, obviously, maybe it didn't exist, or if it did exist, it's up in someone's attic or was lost in a fire or just lost to the ages. So in taking a look back about flying serpents, regular serpents, huge snakes in the sky, it's supposed to be what this podcast is looking at small town america unique cryptids so i invite you to take a listen to this if you like it please hit that like button i'm trying to put this out on as uh, many venues as i can and you can email me at any time at cryptidjournalist at gmail.com again cryptidjournalist at gmail.com and tell me what you think about this and give me some suggestions for future shows have you heard of a, a unique or a certain cryptid in your small town, or maybe one that's not talked about very much in a specific instance. 
I've been perusing the newspaper archives and I, I have quite a few ideas, but if you have something in your hometown, I'd be happy to research that and put it into a show format. And uh, absolutely, if you want me to mention your name, I'll give you full credit for bringing me that idea. We're hopefully going to try to start doing these podcasts once a week. The Cryptid Journalist, you can call me CJ. And again, it's Cryptic Cryptid. Hear all about it. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope that you will listen to many others from now on. Email me. Let me know what you think. And I'll be seeing you next week. This is the Cryptid Journalist, CJ, signing off.